There's that better? There we go. Good morning. It's good to see everyone out with us this morning. It's a joy to be here with you all and have an opportunity to worship together. I'm going to ask you to open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 5, and you will not have to turn a page for the rest of our time together this morning. But it would be nice if we could all read together from Luke chapter 5 at the outset of the lesson this morning. We're going to look at the first 11 verses together uh, today, and as I think you can do with nearly all of Scripture, uh, there is a lot of benefit that comes in just reading a section of text and then taking some time to see what application we can pull from it. And that's what we're going to do this morning. We've had several uh, topical style lessons of late, and we've got some more coming up, and those are wonderful, and they serve an important purpose, uh, but so does simply just open up God's Word and allowing Him to speak to us and, and drawing application from what the text has to say. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. I'm going to ask you to read with me the first 11 verses of Luke chapter 5. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from there and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken, and so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Such a, a beautiful and powerful story. Early on in Jesus' ministry, here we see him uh, interacting with Simon and some of the other apostles for really the first time as they get to know him and get to see who he is as he is out teaching as he is accustomed to doing. There's three lessons this morning that I, I really just stood out to me as I was reading through this text this week, and I want to share them with you, and I think each of them hopefully will have uh, a certain amount of meaning and impact to you as well as you leave and go about your week ahead. And the first one is this, and it comes from the very first verse that we read. Did you see specifically how Luke calls out the people that Jesus is talking to here? And so it was, as the multitude pressed about him, to hear the word of God. That was not always the case with Jesus. In fact, more often than not, the multitudes were pressing up against him because they wanted to see him do something. They wanted to see a miracle performed. They wanted to be healed. They wanted to see the show. 
And, and understandably so, Jesus was doing amazing and remarkable things at this time that would obviously draw attention as multitudes began to grow and assemble around him. That's to be expected. But specifically here in Luke chapter 5, I thought it was interesting that these people, these people gathered around Jesus, not to see the show, not to be healed of any physical ailment. These people gathered around Jesus because they wanted to hear the word of God. I think for us as followers of, of Christ today, it's important to remember that while some days it may not feel like it, there is still a world full of people who want to hear the words of God. We may have to do a little bit of legwork sometimes to find them. But there are people searching for the truth. There are people who realize something is missing in their lives, and they want to fill that void. There are people wanting and longing for the truth. And throughout Jesus' ministry, and really throughout all of the New Testament, the example that the Bible lays out before us is that those who are seeking the truth, they will be given an opportunity to find it. And that's the case with these people here. As they assembled around Jesus, probably many of them just out of curiosity. Who is this guy? I've, I've heard some of the things he has said. I've heard some of the things that he has done. Who is this guy? I, I want to hear what he has to say. And those are the people. Those are the people whose God's words will change their hearts. Those are the people that you and I as messengers of God's need to be searching for, looking for, because they're out there, and they need to hear the truth. And you and I have been given an immense responsibility as children of God, as believers of Christ, to take that message and to find those who want to hear it. The second point, and really the one that was the most impactful to me, uh, really begins in verse number 6, but then will continue on really as a theme, not just in Luke chapter 5, but in much of Jesus' teaching as well. When Jesus interacts and turns his attention to Simon there in verse number 4 and tells him to launch out in the deep and let your nets down for a catch, uh, Simon's initial reaction was, we've already tried. The fish aren't biting today. Now's just not a good time. This isn't the right time to be fishing. We haven't had any success. But as we read just a moment ago, as the story unfolds, through Christ, not only do they catch a couple of fish, but they catch so many that their nets begin to break that they have to call a second boat over to help them. And even then, both Boats are so full of fish that they begin to sink. The, the theme that we see in Christ's ministry, and the reason that I had Jack read from John chapter 2 is because that's another great example of this principle. That when you follow Jesus, it's incumbent upon us to think bigger. When, when Jesus performed the miracle of turning water to wine at the wedding feast in Cana, have you thought about the math there in regards to how much water he turned to wine? We're told that there were six pots containing 20 to 30 gallons apiece. 
That's between 120 and 180 gallons of wine that Jesus created. I don't know how many people were at that feast, but I don't think they had any problems after that. You get the same idea in John chapter 6, when Jesus feeds the 5,000 there. On just a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread, miraculously, Jesus is able to feed not only 5,000 people, but also have 12 baskets full of scraps left over at the end. Jesus is a God of abundance, and it's incumbent upon us when we approach Christ and we live in him to think bigger. We have to quit thinking like a human and begin thinking the way that God thinks. And so when it comes to overcoming sin, it is possible. Why? Not because of what we can do, think bigger, it's because of what God can do. When we think about the work that we can do in this community, think bigger. When you think about the faith and the stability of your family, don't just think about getting by, think bigger. Think about the servants that you can be in God's kingdom. Think about the strong, unshakable faith that you as a family can have. When you think about the skills and the abilities that God has given you and how you can use those within the church, think bigger. Our human minds will limit us sometimes because we look in the way that Simon did, fish aren't biting today. It's not that he's not a good fisherman. He's probably caught a lot of fish. Today's just not the day. I'll come back another day. Jesus makes sure that from this point on, Simon never puts limits on what he can do. And throughout Jesus' ministry, he gives us example after example after example of how he is a God of abundance. And he encourages his followers to think in the same way. So when you think about what you can do individually, What can you contribute? What can you bring to the table? What can you do for the person sitting next to you? What can you do for your children? What can you do with your friends and your neighbors and your family members? Think bigger. Lives can be changed. Sin can be overcome. Walls can be broken down. Hearts can be changed. Because when Christ is in the picture, the reality is is that we need to get ready for amazing things to happen. I think all of us have probably seen at least some form of that example in our own lives, or perhaps in our families. We've certainly seen it here within the Lord's church. And I want to encourage and challenge us to follow the example here that we see Jesus trying to teach Peter to think bigger when Christ is in the picture. Thirdly, I want you to look at Simon's reaction to all of this that unfolds. I mentioned a moment ago that initially, when Jesus tells him to push out into that deep water and to let your nets down for a catch, he's hesitant to do that. He's he's reluctant to do that. And I would even go as far to say that his expectations of what might happen were very, very low. It appears as if he has fished all night long, verse 5, and 
It wasn't just that they didn't catch much. They didn't catch anything. He, he had toiled all night and caught nothing. His expectations were very low, and there was a reluctance on his part to even do this. But, but, he, he was starting to get a picture of who this guy was. And so, you know what, I'll, listen, it's not going to hurt to push out a little bit and cast our nets one more time. But reaction, the reaction that we see from Peter after their catch could not be more different. Compare verse number 5 to verse number 8. Peter's no longer questioning. Peter is no longer reluctant to do anything. Peter is no longer unsure. Verse number 8, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Verse 9, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. There's an important lesson here in regards to how Jesus expects us to interact with him and come to follow him. He does not ask us to follow him blindly. In fact, he goes as far to make sure that those who are willing to look into him and do their homework will walk away without a doubt in their mind as to who he is. After this, what did Simon and those with him do? Well, we're told there in verse 11, they forsook all and followed him. Leave it all behind. Because this guy, this is the guy I need to be following. There is no doubt in my mind about that. The beauty that is in front of us in the form of the Bible contains the life and the teachings of Jesus, the works of the apostles, the words of the prophets, the actions of God's people in the Old Testament, all of it, all of it intending, intending to convince us beyond the shadow of a doubt that God is who he claims to be, that Christ is the Son of God, and that they do keep their promises. And if you and I devote ourselves to God's word, we will have the same experience that Simon had on that day. There may be a reluctance initially. There may be some uncertainty. There may be some curiosity. But if you put the Bible to the test, if you put it to the test, I have no doubt that you will walk away confident that what you are reading is God's word. And that Jesus Christ came to this earth and died on the cross so that you could have the forgiveness of your sins. Because God leaves no doubt. Thinking back to the two examples I gave a moment ago about Jesus there in Cana in the, the wedding feast. That, that miracle was one that was in a lot of ways done somewhat in secret. But at the end of that text, as that story concludes... Those who were 
aware of what Jesus had done, they were astonished. They were amazed at what they had witnessed. And the reality is is that everywhere Jesus went, everything that he taught, everything that he did, had the same result to those who were sincerely interested in, as we talked about in point number one, hearing what God had to say, examining it, testing it, challenging it. And Christ stands up to every one of those challenges. And the end result is that you too can walk away from that without a shadow of a doubt as to who Jesus is. And that, at, at the essence, that, that is at the essence of what God wants and needs from us. In, in order for us to, to truly follow Christ, in order for us to do what Simon and the others did here at the end of our text, to forsake all and follow him, in order for us to do that, there is going to have to be a level of trust and confidence in who we are following. I'm not going to leave everything behind to follow somebody that I don't trust. And so the call of God and the call of the gospel message is to examine it. Do your homework. Put it to the test. Because I'm confident, and I know God's confident, That his word will withstand every single test that you can throw at it. And once you do that, once you do that, his only request is that you recognize who he is. You recognize what he wants from you. And you forsake all and you follow him. And the life that he promises to those who will do that is one that leads to an eternity in heaven. An eternity where there is no tears, there is no sadness, there is no death, there is only joy, there is only happiness, there is only worship as we live forever in the presence of God. So this morning, I want to challenge each of us to think about the relationship that we have with him and what that truly looks like. Whether you have become a Christian in the past or not, take just a moment to think about your relationship with God. Are you someone who wants to hear the words of God, who craves the opportunity to study and to learn and to examine what the Bible has to say? Are you someone who thinks bigger, who who works on putting the limiting thoughts of our human minds behind us and think the way that God wants us to think and to imagine the greatness that can be accomplished through those that follow him? And then finally, are you someone who has doubts about who he is? about what he has said, about what he wants, about his authenticity? Are you someone who still doubts some of those things? And if so, I would say that's okay, as long as you're willing to not stay there. Because one of the other things that we see when we read the story of Christ is that, is that when you look and you listen and you watch and you explore and you examine 
everything that he says and everything that he does, one of two things is going to happen. You will deny him, as many did, or you will forsake all and follow him, as many did. But he is a polarizing figure in that manner. And in order for us to be willing to forsake all and follow him, there has to be a level of humility and a desire to seek and to know and understand the truth. And when that, that humility and that desire is where it should be, then when we come face to face with Jesus Christ, there will be no more doubt. He is the Messiah, and he has a plan for you. And he wants you to be a follower of his. He wants to forgive you of your sins. He wants to welcome you home one day. If you're here this morning and you know that you are living outside of that relationship with God, he has given you an opportunity to do something about that today. Maybe you need to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, to have those sins washed away and to become a child of his. Perhaps you've done that, and yet as you sit here this morning, you realize maybe you still have some doubts, or or maybe you haven't fully forsaken all to follow him in the way that he wants you to. Maybe you're still trying to hold on to some things of this world. We're here to help you. We're here to encourage you. We're here to walk alongside you on your journey as you get to know Christ and to become a follower of his. And if we can help you do that in any way, come to the front and let us know how as we stand and sing.